Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. Amen. Are we ready for gospel this morning? Are you sure you guys are ready? Are you sure? I'm telling you, there's just nothing like God's word. There's nothing like God's word. I mean, that's what God has given to us to be able to run our race. You know, through God's word, we are cleansed. Through God's word, we are directed. Through God's word, we have, we have answers to our questions in life. God's word is inexhaustible. Uh, God's word is multifaceted. God's word applies to every issue of life. God's word is always relevant. It was written thousands of years ago, but it's still very relevant, you know, to every generation and to our generation. I'm amazed every morning as I go and I read God's word and I read the word of God. I read words that were written thousands of years, thousands and thousands and thousands of years before I was born, speaking to me about issues that, will face, that I face right now in this day. It's just amazing, and I just want to honor the word of God this morning. Can we just honor God's word? Oh, where will we be without the Bible? Where will our world be without the Bible? There will be no compass. There will be no North Star. Uh, This is the North Star that has has led many individuals through history and through the ages. This is the North Star that has led people to destiny and have created things that some of us even enjoy right now. Oh, I just honor the word of God this morning. Jesus Christ is the word of God, and he has given us the written word so that we can come to know him. I just want to honor God's word this morning. Without God's word, I will be without direction. Without God's word, I wouldn't know what to do about life. Without God's word, I would, I would not be free because he said in John chapter 8, verse 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. In verse 31, it started by saying, John 8, verse 31, he said, if you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, you know, if you continue in my word or you remain faithful in my teachings, then, you know, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I, I'm so glad that I have the source of truth. I'm so glad I don't have to depend on changing opinions or changing things in society. I'm so glad I don't have to depend on the news media for my source of truth. I'm glad I don't have to depend on the opinions of people that are subjective for my source of truth. I'm glad I have the word of God that is solid. It's my rock. I can stand upon it knowing that it can never sink. Even when everything changes, heaven and earth may pass away, but his word will never pass away. Not one jot or one tittle from his word will ever pass away. Everything is reliable. Everything. I can stake my life upon the word of God. I can take the word of God to the bank. I know that what he says is true. My feelings might be different, but God's word never changes. I'm not moved by what I see or by what I feel. I'm only moved by what God's word says. I'm so glad that I have the North Star. 
I'm so glad I have something reliable to base my life upon. I'm glad I don't have to base it on how I feel. I don't have to base it on how things are happening or the shifting winds. I'm glad that I have a rock I can build my house on. Knowing that no matter the storms and the, and the winds that blow in life, my, my life will remain standing because it is built upon the rock of ages that can never shift. I'm so glad I have God's word. I'm so glad I have God's word. I'm so glad I have God's word. I appreciate God for his word. Every day, this morning I was there and I was reading the word of God, you know. I mean, just reading it and God revealing things to me. I'm so glad I have it. I want to draw you all to God's word. You know, when nobody is there, run to God's word. God's word is always with you. Shake your Bibles, whether it's on your phone or it's a physical Bible or, you know, book. Shake it and open it up because the answer that you are seeking is inside God's word. The transformation that you seek in your life is inside God's word. The revelation of your purpose is inside God's word. Hallelujah. The healing of your spirit is inside God's word. The healing of your soul is inside God's word. The healing of your body is inside God's word. He said in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, he said, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. When you look into God's word, you find life. You find health. There's no disease that it cannot heal. Actually, the Hebrew word for there is there is medicine to all their flesh. I'm so glad I have the cure-all medicine. I'm, I'm so glad that when the world doesn't know the answer to certain diseases, I have the one, I have the answer to all diseases. I'm so glad that when, when everybody is confused, there's no confusion in God. The one that created my body has already, has already written the remedy. He has put the remedy there. It heals my soul. It divides my soul from my spirit, my bones and my marrow. It penetrates to the depth of my heart and the depth of my body to correct everything that is wrong in my body and to cause me to beam with life and light every day. I'm so glad I have the word of God. Job said, Job said in Job chapter 32, he said something, he said, I have esteemed the word of his mouth more than my necessary food. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the man of God. I'm glad I have the bread of life, the food of life, better than manna, better than any other thing that I can eat. It gives me strength in my race. It gives me energy, rejuvenation, strengthens me. I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. I walk in victory because I have the word of God. I'm glad I have the word. I'm glad I have the word. From in the beginning, God created the, to the, 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 the heavens and the earth to revelation. Amen. In revelation, I have God's revelation for history. I have God's map for my life. God's map for the nations. I have the voice of God. I don't have to seek a prophet. I have the more sure word of prophecy. I know what is coming. I understand what is happening. And I understand what has happened. I'm glad I have the living word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything that I was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of man. I'm glad I have enlightenment. I have the light of the world. I will not walk in darkness. His word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path. I know what to do. Because I have the word of God. I will not be confused. 
God's word is my lamp. I can see in the midst of the darkness. When the world is confused, I have no confusion because God's word tells me what to do. I'm glad for God's word. Give God praise this morning. Hallelujah. His word is my correction. He's my path corrector. He's my cause corrector. He's the cause of my life. When I don't know what to do, I go to the word of God and it tells me the steps to take. I hear his voice in his word. I hear his heart in his word. He communicates his nature to me. He said it this way. He said, he said it in, in, in the book of 2 Peter, in chapter 1. He said, he said God has called us Chapter 1 from verse, from verse 2 and verse 3. He said, God has called us to his glory, to his honor, to excellence. But he says, these things happen by these great and precious promises. These great and precious promises through which we can become a partaker of the divine nature. Listen, the word of God will impart the nature of God to share. It will change you. When a person receives the word of God, it changes your nature. It changes your demeanor. You become bolder than you are naturally. It, trans it transcends your temperament. You take on the temperament of Jesus himself. God's word can turn you into a lion. God's word can turn you into a lion. Hallelujah. Get into the word, guys. Get into the word. Get into the word. That is your teacher. That is your guide. That is your lamb. He will guide your marriage. He will guide your job. He will guide every aspect of your life. He will tell you what to do. He will narrow your path. He will keep you on the straight road. Wisdom will exalt you, lift you up. Get wisdom with all you're getting. Get understanding. Buy it. Buy books around it. Read it on the internet. Get into it. Let yourself, your heart be filled with it. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom and speaking and admonishing one another in psalms and in hymns. God's word will transform your life. Let's get back to the word. Hallelujah. Heads of family, open the word of God before your family. Don't worry about how your children are going to turn out. Feed them with the word. Trade them in the word. They will not depart from it. Because no matter what happens, they might leave you. But the word of God will never leave them. The word of God will be bound upon their neck. Bound. He will speak to them when they are about to go in the wrong way. Say, this is the way. Walk ye in it. They might forget your voice, but they will not forget the voice of God. Open the word of God. Husbands and wives, study the word of God. Heads of family, study the word of God together. Keep piling it on. Keep piling it in on. Keep putting it into yourself. They will come out to help you when the help is needed. Don't neglect God's word. Get into the word. Get excited about it. Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly on TV, on the internet. No, not stand in the way of sinners, not sit at the seat of the scornful. Psalm 1 verse 1 and verse 3. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth his fruit in season. His leaf will never wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall 
whatsoever he doeth, his career shall prosper, his marriage, his children, his finances, his relationship, whatever he does, his race, everything, because of God's word, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate therein day and night. For then you will be able to observe to do according to all that is written therein. And then you will make your way prosperous. And you will have good success. Somebody say good success. If somebody has ever lied to you that you can never be successful, tell that person you don't know God's word. God's word is my fuel for success. God's word is my first for success. Everybody may be failing, but I am bound to succeed because God's word is my first for success. I meditate on it. I keep my eyes on it. I keep it in my mouth. I keep it in my heart constantly. It's my imagination. It's my love and it's my passion. I will succeed in everything I lay my hands upon because God's word is my guide. Come on, give God some strength, praise in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I, I didn't plan to do that. <laughs> That's not part of my sermon outline. I didn't plan to do that, but, you know, I just... Something just bubbling in my heart for God's word. Something just bubbling in my heart. And I just wish and pray that people will prioritize the word of God in their lives. I just pray that people will go to God, tell him their issues, and let him speak to them directly from the word. Because it works at all times. Your father is waiting to unveil the word to you. The spirit is with you to guide you into all truth. You don't have to live with confusion in your race. You can know the path to take. You can know the next steps to take. He will speak to you from those words and guide you so that you can live your life with conviction. You will not be tossed about by every wind of doctrine or by, every, by people's opinion, but you will grow up in him. You will grow up in him, in his word, in him who is the word of God. And you will... You will be able to contribute your part in this world and to the body where God has put you. Get into the word. The word is your answer. The word is your answer. Read the Bible with a new passion. Open it again from Genesis to Revelation. Read the Old Testament and the New Testament. Study around it. Meditate on it. And get lost in the stories. Because in that story is the map for your life. It's the pattern for your life. It is a lamp for your feet and it's a light to your path. That is where your direction lies. Find it in there. Hallelujah. Amen. I think for the month is realign. Realign. So we're focusing on realigning ourselves to God's plans. To God's plans. And I'm teaching a sermon, a series that I tied to. Following God's, running the race, following God's plans for your life. Following God's plans for, God's plan for your life, sorry. 
following God's plan for your life. Can I remove the S? Following God's plan for your life. Hallelujah. Everybody say, following God's plan for my life. So let me reemphasize again. There is a plan for your life. There is a plan for your life. Before you showed up in this world, your life was already planned. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. You are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus, so that you can do the good things he planned for you long ago. So there are some good stuff already planned for you long ago, before you showed up. And he made you a masterpiece, a work of his hand. When you receive Jesus, so that you can now work out that plan. I don't know about you. If there is a plan, I don't want to waste my time trying to create a plan. I just want to know what the plan is and follow it. That's all. I want to follow. Amen. I just want to follow. That's all I want to do with my life. I just want to follow. I want to find out what is the plan of the master. And then follow it. It's easier that way. I am, I've gotten out of the role of trying to be the planner. Of trying to be the planner, the designer, the builder. No, I want to be the follower. I just want to know what is the plan? What is the plan for this season in my life? What is the overall plan for my life? What is the plan for your church? What is the plan for my family? What is the plan for my finances? What is the plan for where I'm supposed to be located, living? What is the plan for this service? What is the plan for every aspect of my life? Because I know my life is designed and intricately planned. The person who planned my life is the master planner. Is the one that planned the entire universe. Is the one that planned the intricacies of my body, the intricacies of this world, and he has already planned my life. So how can I ever be a good, as good a planner as that person? How can I? That is why one of the manifestations of our pride is independence from God. Trying to plan it ourselves. It was the original sin. He said, I put, in this, I put the tree of life here, which symbolizes I will be the one who reveals to you what is good and what is evil. You understand? I'll be the one that will show you and lead you. Then he put the, good, the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which symbolizes you will be the one that will find out what is good and evil. The, f- the first tree represented dependence, and it comes with life. The second tree, the second tree represented independence, and it comes with death. God was giving them a choice. Do you want me to be the one that will orchestrate everything because I already has a plan? Or do you want to be the one that will be in charge? They chose to be in charge. And he said, in the day you do that, you shall surely die. 
And that's how death came into this world. Death came into this world because we want to be independent of him. And it's a pity that even though Jesus Christ came back to restore us back to that place of dependence where we can actually start living in the tree of life, many of, many of us were still living in the knowledge of good and evil. The tree, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Where we are the one who determine what is good and what is evil. Or this part is good and this part is evil, then we go there. But what he wants to do is that he wants us to get his plan. Psalm 127 says, except, verse 1, except the Lord builds the house. Guys, you better get it. Except or unless, Psalm 127 verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house. Those who build it, they build it in vain. They build it in vain. Their work is wasted. Vanity on vanity. Unless the Lord protects his city, guarding it with all these things, we'll do no good. We'll do no good. Question is, what, the question we've got to ask, and that's what we're focusing on this morning, God, what is the building of my life? What have you built concerning my life? There are two buildings there. There is the building of God, and then there is our own building. What we need to do is to find the pattern, to find what God has built in the spirit so that we cannot build it on the earth. That's, how, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to follow the design and act it out. Even Jesus Christ, the Bible says when Jesus Christ was upon the earth, he said, even though he was God, he did not count it something for him, you know, to, to just hold on to. He made himself of no reputation and became obedient in the form of a servant. He became obedient. What does obedience mean? Obedience means that he decided that I'm going to follow the plan. He said it in Hebrew. He said, lo, I come in the volume of the book written of me, O Lord, to do your will. I come in the volume. He said, sacrifice and offerings you do not want. Right? But a body you have prepared me. Lo, I come in the volume of the books written of me to do your will, O God. You know, God had written certain things about Jesus' life. Isaiah, all the prophets, they've written it. So he said, I'm coming to live out what has been written. I'm coming to just follow the design. That is why you see him wake up early in the morning to go on the mountain to pray. Because he's trying to find out what is the design for this day. And then he'll follow. He said, the son can do nothing except what he first see the father doing. You know, that will only follow the plan. Pastor Almost' message on followership is a message that everybody needs to hear because that's actually the key to life. You must become a follower. That's just it. Follow the plan. Let me tell you, anybody say, follow the plan. Aren't you tired of your own plans? Are you like me? Aren't you tired of it? You plan everything and all that, and it gets you into trouble. Huh? See where our plans have led us. Hmm? You just look at our nations, the world, all the planners, and look at where that's led the world. Hmm? We plan to fight poverty. Poverty has increased. We plan to fight racism. Racism has multiplied. We plan to fight uh, peace in the Middle East. <laughs> Middle East, no peace. It's even spreading to, you know, outer eastern, outer west, everywhere. All the plants failing. We have all kinds of religions that we have devised in this world. Still, there's no peace. There's no rest. Ah, 
Everybody say, I want his plans. That's it. That's what we've got to do. We've just got to get his plans and follow his plans. Just want, we just have to get his plans and follow his plans. So that's what we're talking about this month, just to realign, to realign, to just get his plans, to just get his plans. So we've been using Hebrews chapter 12 um, as our text for going through this thing. And we have already gone a bit for those of you joining us for the first time, watching us or joining us here. You can get all our messages for free on our website or on our podcast. You can go there. You can get more information about it before you leave um, and just listen to everything again. Uh, you know, because I'm, I'm going to be moving on. So we, we, we've been meditating on Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 1 and 2. Um, and we're, we're moving into um, a section today that I want to describe our approach for running the race. So let me just quickly mention the points that we have mentioned and that we have talked about. Number one was, the, the message was divided into a few points. And we have talked about the arena. Everybody say the arena. Where we're running our race. So we've taken some time to talk about that. We have talked about uh, the, what's the next one? Please show it for me if you can find it. We have talked about the arena, which is the surrounding. And then number two, we talked about the arrangement. Thank you. The arrangement. Like what what race are we running in? And then last week we talked about the athletes. Who is doing the running? The, the stamina, the, the, the kind of athletes that we have to be to be able to run this race successful. So today I'm going to what I tied to, I, uh, number four, which is the approach. Everybody say the approach. So how should I run the race? How should we run the race? Let me, I, I want to do it as fast as I can. Um, the approach. How should we do the run? Everybody say how. How many of you like how? Do you like how? You know, I like what. You understand? I like what. I love why. I love why. Why is the fuel, right? Like, what is the goal? But how is the strategy? I love strategy. I like how to stuff. Because you tell me what, you tell me why, why keeps me going and all that. But I want to know how. How do I run this race? So, so we're, we're going into the how right now. Second Timothy 2.5 says there, the athletes, Second Timothy 2.5, the athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. So, so that means there are rules. Everybody say there are rules. So you can't, you can't win the prize except you follow the rules. So the question is, God, this race has rules, okay? So there's an approach that I have to, there's a method, there, there are some things I have to, I have to add her to for you to run this race, amen? And that's why I did that little soliloquy, or what do you want to call it, about the word? You know, because the word of God is where the rules are located. You know, when you want to drive in the state of Illinois, there's a book that you have to read and pass. What is it called? Rules of the road. Rules of what? The teenagers in the church, they know it now because they, you know, they have to study it. The rules of what? Of the road. So for you to, to be able to drive successfully, you need to learn the rules. What does this light mean? What does this sign mean? What do I do if this is happening? You know, what is defensive driving? What is this? What is that? Now, all those things also apply concerning our race. They are rules. And listen, the rules of our race are located in the word of God. 
Everybody say that finally. Say the rules of the road for running my race. They're located in God's word. That's why you have to read the word to get the rules. And every day God is revealing different things because every day comes with unique challenges. This is how you are supposed to follow that. You know, that's why I love that Psalm 119. This is Psalm 119 verse 115. Also, it says, your word is a lamp unto what? My feet. And what? A light to my path. So God's word will lighten your, your, your way. Amen. So the rules, the rules of the road. And then Hebrews 12, verse 1 or 2, uh, the writer began to give us some glimpses, some, some things in there that point to certain certain approach that you're supposed to run the race. He said, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witness to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and then run with endurance the race set before us, fixing our eyes on the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Amen. So in that place, there's a whole lot of things in there, like summaries of the rules of the race that we're going to be looking at. So I'm going to quickly talk about four, uh, four major categories of them. The first one is, um, number, you know, one, run the race, the approach, run the race with conviction. Run the race with what? Everybody say conviction. Run the race with conviction. Conviction. You know, I don't know about you. I don't want to run a race wondering whether it's the race I'm supposed to run. <laughs> you know, you get there, I say, eh, eh, excuse me, uh, uh, referee, what do they call the umpire? Is this the, <laughs> is this the, uh, you know, the, the race? I mean, or is it the one next week? <laughs> or, you know, is this my lane? Or, you know, and then you are running. And then you stop the person, the other person running, and you turn around, am I sure? Is this the race I'm supposed to be running? Will you be able to finish the race? Amen. <laughs> you know, we, 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 run, we run our races that way a lot. We are in it, but we're not sure whether we're in it. We're not sure. There's so many, you know, one of the things that, and I believe is one of the centrality of, you know, our calling is to help people find certainty, you know, in certain things. Because there's so much uncertainty in this world. And if you are going to be uncertain about many things, there's just some things that you have to be at least considerably certain about. And one of those things is your race. That's why leading lights training exists. That's why all these things, that's why even this church, why to be able to, to live life with a certain level of certainty and conviction that I am doing the right thing, that I'm running the right race. So if you are here today, don't feel condemned. If you are not, uh, you know, you don't have that conviction about the race you are learning. Today's message, part of what God wants to do with this message, is to get you to the point where you are able to receive that conviction. We all went through it. And sometimes we still have those kind of challenges, but we know what it takes to be convinced that this is what I am supposed to be doing. This is the race I'm supposed to be running. You know, the race marked out for me. I'm actually living it. 
So conviction is a firmly held belief. So it's a faith thing. Faith is a conviction of unseen realities. So in regarding, regarding our race, it's that confidence that you are in the right race, even though everything might not be all clear. Just know it. And that's why I want to, I want to introduce you to something that I don't know if you guys have heard it in a while, but it was something that we used to, you know, in the early days of our Christian journey, we really, really used to, like, study and look to God after. And that's this thing of how to be led by the Spirit of God. Everybody say how to be led by the Spirit of God. How to be led by A lot of people don't know it now, like how to be led by the Spirit of God and to walk in conviction. Because you need that. In running your race, you need to be able to follow direction and know the direction. How to be led. How do we get, how do we, how does God lead us so that we can live life with conviction? How does he lead us? I'm going to, I can't, I can't cover the entire thing right now. I guess, you know, we have to do some more teaching on it uh, and some more study on it. You know, maybe some small groups can also <coughs> take it up or something. I organize some other teaching to take it further. But I just believe this is an area that people, the pe- people we need to spend some time in. I want to tell you uh, just some, you know, so just give you some things in there. Now, the first, the major thing, the major way that God leads us into conviction is in Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Please project it for me. Romans 8, verse 16. It is called a witness. I will say in, a witness, an inward witness. He said, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we're God's children. If you give me another translation like NKJV says, you know, the spirit bears witness. See, bears witness. Everybody say witness. With our spirit that we are children of God. Let me ask you a question. How many of you believe that you, when you leave this world, you are going to heaven? Okay. Not everybody lifted, lifted up their hand. I, you know, we can deal with that later. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you know? Joachim, how do you know? Yeah, how do you know? <laughs> All right, so let the girl tell us. How do you know? You just know, right? How do you know? Just know, right? All right? You just know. How many of you know in this place that, you know, like, why did you, when you came into this place, you sat down on the chair and you didn't look to see whether it's, whether it's going to fall? You just sat, right? Why? Because you have some kind of inner conviction that usually when, when chairs are there and you sit on them, they tend to stand. Do you get what I'm saying? Most of the time. What I'm trying to tell you is that there is something inside every one of us in our spirit that knows things that our physical senses do not know. There's something there that just knows things that our physical senses might even doubt. Do you get what I'm saying? That thing is called intuition. Some people call it a hunch. The Bible calls it a witness. Everybody say a witness. 
It is something that you can't fully describe with words. It is just a knowing, right? It's an inner knowing. You just know it. So the primary way, apart from God's word, right, reading the word of God and all that, the primary way God leads his people is through this inward witness. It's not through a voice. So many people, they wonder, how do I know God's direction for my life? And because they've heard a pastor or somebody talking and say, you know, as I, and as I was there, the Lord spoke to me. So they're waiting for a voice to come. Oh, Lord, if you do not speak to me today, if you don't speak to me, I will not move. Oh, God, you know, speak to me. But you need to know that God speaking like that is something that happens. It's one of the ways that God leads us, but it is not the normative way through which he leads. The way God leads normally is through inner promptings. It's a signal. Hallelujah. Everybody say a signal in our spirit. How many of you have experienced that signal before? Have you experienced it before? Like something inside of you that just tells you. And you're like, ah, you know, I just don't know. I, you know, I was actually planning to go to Chicago on that day. And then something told me that I should stay at home. And I stayed at home. And then and I watched the news. And I discovered, you know, this happened. Then something told me. Something told me. Something told me. Some people are more sensitive to that something. You understand? But it's actually someone... According to this passage, it's someone who is business witnessing to something. Do you get what I'm saying? Some people are more attuned to that something than others. You know, sometimes children can be more attuned to it. Sometimes some women can be more attuned to it than men. Um, you know, some people are more attuned to it because they've taken time to develop their spirit. They've learned to be able to listen to that thing. It takes some time to build, but everybody can, can build it. The same way we had to learn how to work with our physical senses, learn languages and all that. One of the problems is that many of us are not taught that we also have an inner man inside of us that needs to be trained. That we have a spirit that can be trained. I'm so glad that one of the first training that God took me through was to be trained in the spirit, in direction. I just don't know how our lives would be if I was not trained in following God's direction. And I'm still getting trained. But one thing I know, one of the faculties that I know that God, first of all, stirred up inside of me and make sure was the ability to hear, not hear a voice, but to know. Because many times I see things and whatever, and doesn't, but I just know that this is it. I just know. That things don't look like it, but I just know. This belongs to everybody, but we have to be trained in it. We have to be trained to listen to this intuition, to be able to follow the Spirit of God as is witnessing, because we're going to need it as we run our race. Because as you are running your race, there might be a turn that you need to turn. You understand? You know, the, you know it's marked out the path. Do you get what I'm saying? But you have to be able to see the path and see the plan and make all the turns and go in all that, that is where direction comes in. Because what you heard 10 years ago may not be necessarily what you need to, what, what he's saying now. 
is shaped. And this development of the ability to listen to the Spirit is a key way. So how do you develop that? I just want to give you an introduction. How do you develop intuition? You see, you develop any part of your body. You see, man is a spirit. That's why when somebody dies, the body remains, but people say he's gone or she's gone. Because everybody knows that the, this physical body that we're carrying around is not us. It's our container. Do you get what I'm saying? This physical body is our container, not us. The real you lives in this body, and one day you are going to leave it in a hole. You understand? And you won't even be there when they choose the hole. Yep. You won't be there. People are going to make decisions on where they dump it. You get what I'm saying? So if you, if you are living your life thinking this is all and all that, watch out. <laughs> it won't matter. It's going to smell and stink. And eventually, worms are going to eat it up. You are, I mean, that thing, this, thing that, this thing that we focus on and all that is actually food for worms. <laughs> I hope that it will jolt you. It's, it's food for worms. I want, to you know, I want you to disassociate. Not You take care of it, right? Because it's your vehicle to keep you on this earth for you to fulfill your purpose. But don't ever become completely associated with it as you. That's not you. That is something you own. That is something you live in. The real you is a spirit. Has a soul that mind emotions and will, and lives inside the body. Take care of your house. Take care of your body. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. God shares it with you. Amen. Take care of it. But the real you lives in the temple. That is not, the temple is not you. Are you listening? That real you needs development. It needs what? development, the race marked out for you, you need to develop yourself in that race. The, you have to develop your spirit until, you know, that's real you. The Bible calls him the hidden man of the heart. The hidden man. Paul uses the word the inner man. Talks about the inner man and the outward man, right? The outward man, the inner man. The inner man is the real you. And that inner man needs nourishment and exercise and development. You need to build spiritual stamina and spiritual insight and discernment just like you do mental one. You know, if God were to show us a vision of how we looked, man, I'm sure many of us would not like the picture, even those who are fit physically. So you will see, I say, if you are very fit physically, which is nice, you'll see your abs and everything. Then you'll see a quashoko spirit. With bloated stomach and whatever, inside there. And then there's some people, it's their mind. Their mind is so big that it's extending beyond their body. The philosophy of so philosophy is that, 
and all that. Like they've been so trained in that thing that their spirit is talking. Mm, be born again. What is born again? Born again is, you know, this, you know, how can a person be born when they have been born? And, you know, the, 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 the process of birth is, uh, you know, their head is big. Our, 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 minds, our minds, our heads are filled with cultural stuff. Heartly stuff. All the things that we learned at school. Minds are filled with it. There's nothing wrong in being educated in your mind. But you cannot be educated in your mind at the expense of your spirit. And you cannot be educated in your body, develop your body at the expense of your spirit or of your mind. You have to have balanced development. We need spiritual trainers, David. You know, we need people that will train people in spiritual stuff. I'm telling you, training in spiritual stuff is one of the things you need to run your race. Amen. Yeah. We need some spiritual treadmills. We need it. And I want, to, I want everybody to get into that because you'll be able to run the race with conviction. So let me quickly, how do you train your spirit? How do you train your spirit? The first way you train your spirit is to feed it with the word of God. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Everybody say, feed it with the word of God. Matthew 4, 4. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. Man! Who is the man? Guys, who is the man? The human, right? Of course, the body is, you know, is, is, is housed. Man shall not live by bread alone. So if you are living by bread alone, you are only feeding the outer man. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Pay attention. The word used for word in this place is the word rima. Every word. So listen, the logos of the word, the rima, they're not really different in that sense, but there's a sense of the rima being like a word that comes to you at the moment, now. Now, the same way, listen, if you ate yesterday, right? You ate yesterday, you can, you can be sustained to a point. In fact, some of it is stored, Right? But for strength right now, you need to keep eating. Isn't that true? At least keep eating. So, they, what he's talking about is that your sustenance, your conviction, your growth as a man, and your health as a man requires a consistent, constant feeding in the word of God. Don't skip meals of the Bible. If you want to skip meals... Skip physical meals, but don't skip meals of the Bible. Your spirit man is not supposed to be fasting. <laughs> some, some of you, you've been going on 60, 100-day fast in your spirit. No wonder. No wonder. You want to carry something in the spirit and, uh, you know, this is impossible. God showed you a vision. Oh, no, no, no. This cannot be done. Because your spirit is malnourished. has no eating. It is, uh, it is famished. It's famished. The only thing that sustains you is that you, you come to church or you watch the message. At least, you know, you eat something little, little per week. But that's not enough. You're supposed to be a self-feeder. Amen. If you are going to depend on food from the waiters for your life, 
I mean, just imagine how your life is going to be. You need to get into the kitchen and do some cooking. Amen. Or hire a chef. <laughs> Send out the two. <laughs> be serving you every day. Play the message and be listening to them and meditate on it while you are doing the work. Do you guys get what I'm saying? You will get to conviction in your race as you feed yourself with the word. You, will, you begin to know what to do. Your spirit will begin to grow and be attuned to God's direction as you feed on the word. As you feed on the word. As you feed on the word. You guys get that? Number two, pray. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Hallelujah. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. That's exercise. So feeding is nutrition. Prayer is exercise. I would say prayer is exercise. Prayer is exercise. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14 says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue or in a tongue, my spirit does what? Prays. But my mind is what? Unfruitful. The translation says my mind is unproductive. You can go back to NLT. You know, it's unproductive. My spirit prays. Right? I don't understand what I'm saying. My mind doesn't grasp it. But my spirit is praying. My spirit is praying. So when you are praying in the spirit, when you are praying in the spirit, you are actually exercising the inner man. You are exercising the inner man. I'm telling you guys, there is no greater luxury that God has given the body. The greatest gift of God to the, to the world is Jesus. But the greatest gift of God to the church is the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself said it. I will send you another that he might be with you. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself. But whatsoever he hears, he will speak. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Hallelujah. The Spirit. How do you stir up the work of the Spirit in your life? How do you get it? You, get, you by praying in the Spirit. By praying in the Spirit. Letting your spirit just talk, talk, talk. You do that, 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 you do that. And then you discover that you are getting developed. You start, you start developing the insight, the spiritual insight that is required to develop conviction in your race. When confusions try to come, get into the place of prayer. That is why we seek God. We don't seek God so that, so that God can create a plan. We seek God, right? So that we can see his plan and so that we can see it clearly. That's why we pray. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Everybody say pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Do it often. Do it often. Do it when you are driving. Do it, you know, praying always. Ephesians chapter 5, sorry, Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. You understand? You, keep, you pray. You keep on praying at all times. Pray in the spirit. What? At all times. At, on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. For all believers and brethren, just pray at all times, in every occasion. Let's begin to pray regarding our race. 
Let's begin to pray. Let's develop the habit of praying at home. You know what? Sometimes just dedicate and say the whole family. Those of you that father say, we're just going to be praying in the spirit right now. That's how we're doing family time. Everybody just begin to pray in the spirit. Pray out the plans for your family. Pray out the plans for your church. When you pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit goes on a journey into your future and begins to bring those things that he has planned, begins to reveal those plans and bring them to your mind so that you can understand it. Everybody say conviction. I can guarantee you that if you do not take time to pray in the spirit, and if you need to know what that means, like I said, we want to organize something you know, something, and God is going to lead us, we're going to do it, something to help people understand this thing, because I can't do it on a Sunday fully, to understand this, praying in the spirit and spiritual stuff some more, our immersion, yes, the immersion weekend that we do, that's a, that, that, that's a good one, hallelujah, everybody say praying in the spirit, finally, let me give you the last one, finally, instantly obey the voice of the spirit when you hear him, you know, when, 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 when that thing comes to you, don't develop the habit of shutting it down. Yield. Everybody say yield. Yield and flow. This is a key thing. You have to learn to yield and flow. You have, you, sometimes you yield and flow and you miss it. Do you get what I'm saying? How many of you know that when a baby is trying to crawl, the baby does not start I mean, trying to learn to start to walk, they don't learn to start to walk by just walking. Right? Straight away. What do they usually do? They crawl, and then what happens? Even crawling. They first start crawling in one string, you know? <laughs> and then the next thing, they get, they put, when the kids start crawling fast, remember when our kids were going, when they just pick up speed, you are chasing them, but they are crawling. Then one day they will, and then they will take the next step, and then they will start to walk. That is also the way it is when it comes to learning how to walk with God. You are going to make mistakes. But the fact that you, 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 you're trying to crawl and you fall, and you, no, that's not going to cost you so much. Do you get what I'm saying? In learning, the, those kind of tiny mistakes, they help you to discern between good and evil. You put your hand in the fire and say, uh -uh, whenever you see that red stuff, don't go there. That's, what, that's what's going on in babies. That red thing, stay away from it. But before, when they are looking at it, that is so interesting. Wow. Colorful. <laughs> and for the rest of their lives, <laughs> they will not go there in that fire again. Why? Because the conviction has come. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 5, um, you know, Paul was talking about, you know, you know people who, uh, who have learned to discern, you know, between good and evil. Um, you know, it's, it's, the last, it's the last verse in Hebrews chapter 5. You can help me find it. You know, they've learned to discern between good and evil. Uh, verse 14, you know, it says, Hebrews 5, 14, it says, Solid food is for those who are mature who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Give me NKJV. It says, who by reason of use. That's what training is. It said, who by reason of use. Everybody say use. You understand? Strong meat belongs to those who are full age. 
even those who by reason of use. How did they become that? By using it. Do you get it? By using it. So I have received intuition and direction growing up, and you know, the, the, I felt the Holy Spirit was telling me to go and do it. And then as I, was, as I went to go and do it, I said, ah, you missed it. And then, okay, this is how it feels when you miss it. And then I did some things, and it was like jackpot. Like, wow, how will I ever have known that? But by this, oh, this is how it feels when you get it. So by doing that, doing that, I've come to now an understanding. When the other one comes, I know you. But when this other one comes, I remember. This is the one that led me to that jackpot there. Do you get what I'm saying? By reason of use. That's why I can come with conviction to say certain things and say, this is going to happen. It's not because a voice came, like one loud voice came. It's because of an understanding of the conviction of the Spirit. And we're still learning. Amen. But the way you develop that conviction, like I told you, get into the Word, because the Holy Spirit will not lead you outside of the Word. Inside, get into prayer, praying in the Spirit, because you need, to, you, know, you need to stir up the Spirit inside of you, the gift of God, and stir up your entire thing. And then number three, you need to obey when it tells you. If it tells you, for example, let me tell you, God does not teach you how to follow him by giving you big instructions. First. In fact, you discover as you begin to move with God that the instructions that God gives you that even lead you into big things are usually small. More, uh, David, go and take food to your, go and take food to your brothers at the battlefront. Yes, daddy. Yes, sir. And as he was going, Goliath was waiting. And Goliath was the very reason why he was going there. But God didn't tell him about Goliath. God told him about carrying food. A lot of people make the mistake. They think that God is going to lead them into the, the biggest destiny in their race by telling them, as you go right now, and then what will happen is that the nation shall open up to you. No. What is going to first open up to you is service of something. I remember when God, one of the times, when God wanted to launch me into the nations. Do you know what the direction? He was, he was the wiring of this place. The wiring of the, uh, what they call it, the low voltage of this place. I sat down in the place doing the low voltage wiring and all that. And then it was, and I got the thing to come to Rwanda. And then, so I finished the wiring and then I had to go to Rwanda the next day. And I landed in Rwanda. And I saw everything was going on. And the Holy Spirit told me something. He said, what you were doing in that place and taking care of it and wiring that thing is what I want you to do in the nations. But you will never have been able to do it in the nations if you did not do the wiring for me. People make that mistake. I'm not saying God, God can speak to you and say, now nah, I'm taking the nation. But usually the path to get there you know, go check the, in the Bible. Just go and study. The path to get there are simple instructions. That is why the first place God is going to train you is give $5. Give, uh, what, when, you come, when you talk about giving and all those things, it is not just about the money. It's about being able to listen to God's voice. Can I take and share the, uh, a, you know, a, 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 a message in his book, a very tiny book. You can find it. It's called Obedience in Finances. He said one day, God told him, he said, there's a missionary that is coming and whatever to town and whatever. And God told him to give a tiny amount of money to that missionary, right? So he gave it, uh, 
he obeyed God. It was tough. He, had, he needed money and all that. So he gave it to God. Right? And then, you know, the missionary went and everything and all that. And God told him something. He said, do you know? When he, so shortly after then, God now led him into a church. He had been praying to the church that was supposed to pastor. That was great. God told him, I said, you know that if you had not obeyed me concerning giving that money to that missionary, you would never have had me when I told you to go and pastor this church. So when it comes to even financial stuff, it is not about the finances. Jesus already told us in, in Luke chapter 16, right? Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Please project it for me. He says that finances are just a test for bigger stuff. He that is faithful in little things will be committed, will be faithful in large ones. If you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. What is the little thing he was talking about? Verse, verse 11, verse 11. What's the little thing he was talking about? If you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who, are going to, who is going to trust you with the true riches of heaven? Do you get it? If you cannot listen to me when it comes to little things, worldly wealth, there are greater things that I have for you, for your destiny and for your race. I can't even trust you with it. That is what the tithing, that is what all this thing is about. It is about being able to be faithful in little, little stuff so that he can be able to tell you greater things. You know, I had more, but I think it's enough for today. Right, Patrick? <laughs> we'll continue next week, you know, but, but do you guys get it? So I had more, more stuff. I, I'll continue next week about how to, you know, how, you know, the approach to the race. So there's conviction, you know, and then we'll talk about the other ones. Amen. But do you guys get it? Why don't we rise up on our feet, everyone? And I want us to just pray today in the spirit, if you can. I want you to just pray for alignment. I want to pray in the, for alignment. I'm just begin to pray in the spirit and ask God, just, you know, what we're talking about. Say, Lord, I want to develop my spirit. I want to develop. And I want to give the opportunity. Come on, begin to pray in the spirit. I want to give the opportunity for anybody who is watching us online or in this auditorium who, as you were hearing this message, you were convicted. The Holy Spirit touched you and, and you just felt like, I'm not, I don't have a relationship with God in my spirit. It's like everything about my life has been mental and physical. And you want to enter into a relationship with him to begin that relationship. It's as simple as you acknowledging at this time and just asking Jesus to come into your life, to come into your heart, and the Holy Spirit to fire you up in your spirit. So as everybody's praying, so come and pray in the spirit. There's anybody in this place or watching, I want you to just, you know, I, you know I indicate, you know, just lift your hand where you are, you know, wherever, just as a sign to show that you are ready. And, you know, I want you to pray this prayer after me. Just pray this prayer after me. Just say, just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come and pray. Come into my heart, Jesus. Come into my heart, Jesus, and wake up my spirit from death. Just like you woke up from death. I accept you and I surrender my life to you from today. I want to follow you. I want to live my life as your son, as your daughter. Come into my heart. Come on, pray that prayer wherever you are. If you are praying that prayer here and all that, Jesus, you are having an encounter with Jesus right now. That is going to begin the greatest adventure of your life. I had it 31 years ago, and my life never remained the same. That God is doing the same thing in your life right now, 32 years ago. That same God is doing that, is doing it in your life right now. Come on, do I that? 
and just pray that prayer. And then for the rest of us, I want us to begin to pray in the Spirit right now. Pray in the Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh right now. And begin to pray. I want you to exercise your spirit. Come on, can I, can I get you pray, walk around, do whatever? Exercise your spirit right now. Begin to exercise your spirit right now. For conviction. Pray for conviction. Conviction in your race. Conviction in your race. Conviction in your race. Pray that you want to grow. You want to grow. You want to grow in the spirit. You want to grow in the spirit. You want to grow in the spirit. Come on, begin to pray in the spirit right now. I want to grow in the spirit. I want to grow in the spirit. Thanks for listening to the Globe Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more contents from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.